0: Hey, this is John Huseman. I'm the pastor of the Ark Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this inspires you. I hope it builds your faith, and I hope it draws you closer to God. Enjoy the message. I want to welcome those watching online. We believe you can experience something from God, too. So, church, let's welcome those watching online. Back row, front row, my sister in Chicago, like we got something where God wants to speak to your life. And so we're so glad you've joined us. You know, I get asked a lot, like where do you start reading the Bible? I just started coming to church. I just started getting interested in God. Like, where where do I start? Like, where where should I start? I I tell people I like to read about Jesus. I like to read about the life of Jesus. So I, you know, the first four books of the New Testament are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You get to read about how Jesus treated people, the things that he did, the things that he said. And it's incredible. And then once you get done with with one of those books, I'll just say, hey, read John. John said, read John. John said, read John. So you start in the book of John, and then the next book is Acts of the Apostles. So you get to see like what the disciples did. They started churches. They did the ministry of Jesus. And then you get to read about the different churches that they started and everything like that. So if you're if you wondering, where do I start? Start with the book of John or start with one of those four gospels. I, I love reading about Jesus. You know, we just saw, actually today, 25 people got baptized. 25 people were saying, Jesus changed my life. And so we're going dive to dive into the book of Matthew. We're actually going to look at the portion of Scripture where Jesus was baptized. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to, to Matthew chapter 3. and We'll start in verse 16. It says, After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son, who brings me great joy. I keep waiting for some dad to do that. <laughs> like some, somebody gets back and They're like, That's my son. I, you know, so it, it's never happened. I, that joke went better first service than it did second service. Um, but this is an amazing moment. Everyone hears Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is the, is the one, he's holy, he's anointed. They see the Holy Spirit come down and anoint him. Like this is the moment where Jesus feels empowered. He feels God's words. There's only two times where God speaks something over Jesus. And this is one of those times. And God makes this announcement. This is my son. It's a great thing for you to say as a parent. This is my son. This is my daughter, whom I dearly love. I love you dearly you know how much I love you? I love you dearly. I love you. I love you. I love you. And then he says, in whom I'm well pleased. Do you know that's how God feels about you? He's pleased with who you are. Not what your grades are. Not what you, you know, you, how much money you made. Not how the ball team did or what you can do on the field. He loves you. He's pleased with you. That's a great thing for us to tell our kids. I'm so pleased with who you are. I love who you are. So, so God makes this huge declaration. Jesus is feeling good. He's feeling anointed. He is feeling empowered. And then you turn to the next chapter. And then it says this, Matthew four. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. Now you're like, wait, 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 what just happened? I thought he was like closer to God than he's ever been. I thought he just had this amazing moment. I thought like he was empowered and, and is like this whole, like, this is my son. And so it's like, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Has anything like that ever happened to you before? And you're like, I was, God, what happened? Like, we were so close. And I was coming to church and I, I was crying every service and I was feeling so close to you. And then I'm in a wilderness season and then I feel uncertain and I feel alone. And this thing in my life broke and this thing in my life broke. And I thought it was going to work out this way. Nope. And now I'm in this wilderness season and God, where are you? God, where were you? Like we, we were so close. Like what happened? What happened? What happened? What happened? I've had times in my life just like that. And there's parts of you, you're like, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. I'm not okay. And I'm telling you, it's okay not to be okay. Jesus has gone through a lot of the same things that we've gone through. I actually love this verse in Hebrews 4.15. It says, for we do not have a high priest who's unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who's been tempted in every way. Yet just as we are, he did not sin. Man, it's important to understand that. Jesus went through everything that we've gone through. He can empathize. He's been rejected. He's been all alone. He's had people turn their backs on him. He's he's had things that he wanted to have happen that didn't happen. He's gone through it. He's felt it. He's felt the rejection. He's felt the pain. He's been in a place where he's like, not my will, Father, but yours be done. And he went and he asked God several times, God, take this cup from me, but not my will. Your will be done. And so we have a savior. We have Jesus who can empathize, who knows what we're going through. Yet he always had victory. He never sinned. He never succumbed. So it's like, well, what, why does Jesus have to go through this right now? You know, one thing I thought about, was like, he's never felt better. He's never been stronger. He's never been more ready for this season than he is right now. God just spoke some great things over his life. And so now he steps into the wilderness, strong, emboldened, like with the the word of God, the power of God. So maybe you're in a season right now. You're like, ah, I don't wanna be in this season. I was so close to God. Things were so good in my life. God gave you that strength so that you could step into this season and still have victory. So Jesus, he goes into the wilderness and it says, Satan tempted him. You know, a couple things you need to know about this. Satan will always come at you when you're weakest. Always. When you're weak. And usually when it's not just like one thing, it's like 10 things. Then he'll come at you. But the great thing, I don't know if you think this is a great thing or not, but the great thing in my mind, Satan cannot create. Only God can create. Satan is not the creator. He will come at you the same way that he came at Jesus. We're about to read it. And he'll come at you in three different ways. So the good news is, when you learn how to defeat him in area one, area two, area three, he's got no more game. He's got one crossover, that's it. Okay, he doesn't, he can't go behind his back. He can't, like, okay, so it's like, you learn how to defeat the enemy he cannot create. So he comes at Jesus when Jesus is weak and he's lonely and it's been 40 days since he's eaten, right? He hasn't gone through a fast food restaurant. Like, he, he, he hasn't hit up Whataburger. We don't have Whataburger. He hasn't hit up uh, Burger King or, or, or whatever. It's like, okay, he's weak. So this is how Satan comes at him. This is chapter four, verse um, three. Do I have it up here? I have it right here. During that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Do you see how Satan comes at you? God just said, this is my son. Satan says, if you're the son of God, prove it you're not who God said you are. He'll come at you. You're not who God said you are. You're not who God said you are. You're like, I'm redeemed and I'm forgiven and I'm clean. He'll be like, yeah, but what about last week? What about last year? What about three weeks ago? You're not really a good mom. You're not really a good dad. You're not really a good Christian. Because if you were, you wouldn't have done if, 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 if. He always will come and attack the identity that God has placed on you. So it's just good to know he did it to Jesus. He does it to me. He'll do it to you, but you can overcome it. So he knows Jesus is hungry. And this is called the, the lust of the flesh. So it's like fleshly desires. Jesus hasn't eaten. He's hungry. So it's like, hey, eat, eat, eat. Go ahead, eat. Do what your flesh desires. And this is what Jesus says in the next verse, verse four. Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You know, it's a pretty simple answer. When you feel temptation, you know what you can say? No. (laughs) No. But you feel tempted. And you're like, I know I shouldn't do this, but just say no. Just say in your head, just say no, 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 no. Say in your head, then say it in your mouth, then say it with your actions. Get out of there. Get out, get out, get out. Say no, say no, say no, say no. Just say no. My junior year of homecoming, I was the designated driver for this, this, this homecoming. And so I'm going up, I'm pulling up to this, um, this hotel. And as soon as I walk in, I see that there's alcohol everywhere. I'm a junior in high school. I know I'm not supposed to be doing that. But I'm like trying to witness to people. I don't know what I'm saying. But I'm trying to witness to people and I'm trying to help people and all that. And like, as I get closer and closer, get out, get out, get out, get out. So I was there for about five minutes. I'm like, I gotta go. They're like, what's wrong with you? I was like, I don't know, I just, I just gotta go. Anytime people are like, well, what's wrong? Are you, you think you're too good? are like, no, I just, I gotta go. You can say, you don't feel good. You can say, eh, I, I just, I, I gotta go. That's all you gotta say, I gotta go. And that's what I said, I gotta go. Five minutes later, police came. Every kid there, whether they're drinking or not drinking, they got minor in possession of alcohol. Guys got suspended off the football team. Not me. I started at quarterback the next week. (laughs) That's true. Get out, get out, get out. When you know you need to do something and you need to get out, just no, no, no. So lust of the flesh. When something is tempting, your fleshly desires, just be like, no, no, no. And then get out say it with your head, say it with your words, and then say it with your actions. So he comes at Jesus the second time. And he says this, then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple. And he said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, he will order his angels to protect you, for they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. That's not fair. Like, the devil knows scripture? The devil can quote scripture to me? He can twist it. Yeah, he can. He can twist it. If you're the son of God, if you think you're so spiritual, prove it. If you think you're spiritual, this is called the pride of life. So if you can abuse the power that God's given you, abuse the influence, abuse the impact, abuse it. You do what you want to do. You do it for your glory. You do it so that you can be happy. You do it so you can fulfill yourself. That's the pride of life. I deserve this. You know, it's been a while since I've <sighs> focused on myself. It's been a while since I've really spent some money on myself. Well, that, I'm not saying don't buy anything for yourself, but it's like, the, when you think this thought, think this thought, think this thought, it's like, okay, if you are the son of God, then do something. For, if you are, if you are, he'll come at you trying to say, no, no, no. Jesus said, you are the son of God. You are a child of God. You are redeemed. You are chosen. There is a plan for your life. If you continue to serve God, he'll work things together for your good. That there's no weapon formed against you that will prosper. That he's made you an overcomer. So you, you, no, no, as soon as he comes, no, 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 no. You start to say back the word of God, not in a twisted way, but in the way that God says it. And that's what Jesus says. The next verse, Jesus responded. The scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. I don't have to test the Lord my God. I don't have to prove that I'm worthy. I don't have to prove it. Well, if you love Jesus, forward this on Facebook or you don't love Jesus. I don't have to do that. I don't have to prove that I love Jesus. Forwarding something on Facebook or what? I don't have to prove it. If you are, no, 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 I know I am. I know who my father is. I know he's chosen me. I know he has a plan for my life. I'm not gonna give in to anything that that tries to take away who I am because of Jesus. So then he comes out of one more time. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of, of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. He showed him the kingdoms and all of their glory. This is called the lust of the eyes. All their glory means you don't see all the other stuff. This is how the enemy comes at you. Oh, this relationship's gonna be amazing. There's not gonna be anything wrong. Red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag. He doesn't show you the red flags. Oh yeah, go ahead, do this, do that. This will make you feel amazing. This will make you feel wonderful. Here comes the shame. Here comes the regret. Here comes the, he ain't gonna show you that. He's not going to show you the pain that comes with it. He's going to just show you all the glory. He's just going to show you like the really, really good parts. And then as soon as you step through the door of sin, he's going to say, now look, look at the shame, look at the regret, look at everything wrong. And then he'll remind you and remind you and remind you and remind you. He can't create. So he'll do it. He'll do it with you. He's done it with me. He's trying to do it with Jesus. Bow down and worship me, Jesus. You won't have to go through the cross. Bow down and worship me. I'll give you all this. You just bow down and worship me. It's gonna be amazing. Look at all this. Look at all this. Look at all this. And so the same way that he attacked Jesus, he attacks us. And this is how Jesus responds. Get out of here, Satan. That's a good way to respond. Get out of here. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Verse 11, then the devil went away and angels came and they took care of Jesus. Some of you, you have been in a perpetual cycle of attack and you feel like you're getting beat up and you feel like the enemy's coming at you and you feel like, I I, I can't get free. I don't know why I keep having this attack and this attack and this attack. It's like, some of you feel like it's been since COVID. And it just keeps coming and coming and coming and coming. You know, the devil will leave when you fight back. You have weapons you can use to fight back. And so you have to use those weapons. You have to use those weapons so that you can fight back so that he can leave. This is what it says in Ephesians 6, 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, I hate to tell you this, but it's coming when it comes. It comes for me, comes for you, it's coming. When the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You have a sword. You have something you can attack the enemy with. It's called the Word of God. And you start to say the Word of God. You start to believe the Word of God. And then all of a sudden, the enemy backs up. Then all of a sudden he leaves. But you've been in a place where you just keep getting hit, keep getting hit, keep getting hit. It's like, no, no. You need to grab your sword. You need to grab your Bible. Start saying, No, no, no weapon formed against me will prosper. God is on my side. God has a plan for my life. God has a dream for me. I've been praying and God is faithful. He was faithful before, he'll be faithful again. And even though I don't see it right now, I will not leave him. I'm gonna trust in the Lord with all of my heart. I know there's all kinds of chaos going on, but I serve a God that he does miracles. And the same God that did a miracle back in the Bible will do a miracle for me. So I'm gonna lean in. I'm gonna trust him. I'm not gonna let the enemy attack me. You get the sword up. Then peace comes. Because the Word of God is the will of God. The Word of God is the will of God. It's His will. He says what His will is right in His Word that He loves you. He cares about you. He has a plan for your life. That He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Even when your parents forsake you, He's like, I will not forsake you. He's like, Come to me if you're weary. Come to me if you're burdened. I'll give you rest. He's like, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Well, John, it sounds like you're giving me a motivational speech. I'm giving you the Bible. That's the Bible. But when the enemy comes at you and you're in a wilderness season, you're like, I'm a wilderness. Everything feels unstable and I don't like how it feels and it feels dark and it feels lonely. And I want to get out, I want to get out. We do the same thing that Jesus did. We take you at your word. God, at your word, I will obey. At your word, I will trust. I'm not gonna lean to my left. I'm not gonna lean to my right, but I'm gonna lean in to you. And after this attack, you know what it says next in my Bible? The ministry of Jesus begins. Why did he have to go to the wilderness? God's worked some stuff out in my life through a wilderness season. God's worked some stuff out in my life when I was lonely, when I was desperate, God's worked some stuff in my life. He's worked faith in my life through pain. He's worked a lot of things in my life through difficult seasons. And so what is it God's working in your life right now? Maybe you're in a difficult season, but guess what? The ministry's coming. There's a breakthrough coming. There's a new season ahead where God wants to work something in your life so that you can do everything that He's planned for you to do. He will work it. He will change it. There's a, a promise I want you to hear. It's in Romans eight twenty eight. And it says this, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. We know, we know, we know he's working for my good. He, he, I've been called according to his purpose. He's working for my good. How do I get God to work for my good? Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I dedicate my life to you. Jesus, I will serve you. He begins to work. He begins to move things around, shift things around. He begins to maneuver things. Like he can work it. He can change it. He is the resurrection. He is the life. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's like, I have a plan for you. I have life and life to the full. He's got something so amazing. No one else has it like him. He says, I am the prince of peace. So whatever you need, he is is what you need. And he's working on your behalf. He loves you. He cares about you. And there's about to be a breakthrough season ahead for so many of you. Let me pray for you as we close today. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you're with us, God, that, that your word is alive and it's active and it's sharper than a two-edged sword, that you give us a weapon to fight, that you call us overcomers. You say that we're more than conquerors, that you have a plan and a purpose for us. And so God, we love you. We lean into you. We thank you that you speak tenderly to every single person. That God, you're greater than pain. You're greater than loneliness. You're greater than depression. You are greater. You are the healer. You are the redeemer. You're the one who has the pen in his hand and you will finish our story. You will finish the book, God. You are the one. And so we trust you. We love you. We thank you. Healing is coming. Strength is coming. Hope is coming. Peace is coming. As your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Or maybe you've been to church a ton of times. And maybe you did that as a little kid, but you you know you're not as close to God as you want. You know you need to rededicate your life. It takes one step. That's it. And so if you want prayer for either one of those two things today, I'm not going to embarrass you or or make you stand up, but, but sitting right there in your seat, if you want prayer, you're saying, today's the day I dedicate my life to God. Today's the day I surrender my life to Him. I'd love to pray with you. So if you want prayer today, just slip up your hand right where I say, pray for me, pray for me. Would you pray for me? Yep, yep, yep. Pray for me. Yep, 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 yep. Good, 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 yep. You can put your hands down. God sees your hand. God sees your heart. Let's pray this prayer together out loud as one big church family. Say, dear God, I ask you to come into my life and to be my Lord and to be my Savior. I confess that I've sinned, but I'm asking you to forgive me, to heal me, and to redeem me. Today, God, I dedicate my life fully to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You know, the Bible says all of heaven rejoices over one person. And so we have a lot of reason to rejoice today. couple things before you go. One is if you raised your hand today, just tell somebody, I need people in my life. You need people in your life. So if you raise your hand, just tell somebody, say, Hey, I dedicate my life to God. And then the second thing is like, keep coming back. Keep coming back to a place where you can be around a community of believers. You can be around people that are going to help you grow close to God. You can be in a place where the presence of God is there. So if you want to join us for next steps, we're going to do next steps starting in about 15 minutes, 1145, right over here. So God bless you. Mother's Day, two weeks away. Use that mama mojo. Have a great Sunday. God bless.